Let's pray. Father, open my mouth that I might speak words that make it easy for people to hear what you have to say to them this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is a sermon about the peace of God. Our Old Testament reading, Job 23, thanks to Wana for reading that, it doesn't exude a sense of peace with God. Here is Job. My complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy on me in spite of my groaning. If only I knew where to find him. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. And you may relate to these words of Job. You may have felt from time to time that God is against you. Or he's hiding from you. Or neglecting your cause, which you seek to set before him. For life is often enough bruising, scary, traumatic. We have conflict with others, we have anxiety and grief. The world seems a bit dark. We could do with a bit of God's peace. For God is the God of peace, He's the God of flourishing and wholeness. He's the God of order and harmony. He's the God of love and fellowship. He's the God of reconciliation and restoration. He's not a God of chaos, war, destruction and mischief. Paul opens the letter to the Philippians, which we're kind of working through slowly week by week at the moment at St Edmunds. He opens with the greeting, grace and peace. To you, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul writes this letter with its greeting of peace in a world that features chaos and war and destruction and mischief. He's in prison and he may not get out alive. Epaphroditus, the Philippian uh, Christian who was sent to help Paul, got so sick he almost died. The Philippian Christians have local opponents who are against the work that they're doing and within the church at Philippi there are these tensions and disagreements we hear about in chapter 4 verse 2. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syndicate to be of the same mind in the Lord. A plea which kind of assumes that there is some disagreement and it's consequential enough to, for Paul to kind of refer to it explicitly in a letter to the church. This is important. But despite all of this kind of trouble, God is the God of peace and there is the peace of God to be had. And so today, from Philippians 4, 2-9, that New Testament reading, I want to pull out four encouragements for us and four ways that we can work for and welcome God's peace into our lives and into our world. So the first encouragement is this. Your names are written in the book of life. As Paul encourages Euodia and Syndicate to come to agreement, and he encourages this unnamed true companion to mediate this dispute, Paul ends with the reminder to all these Christians that their names are in the book of life. The book of life 
gets a mention here and there in the Bible as a book where God writes the names of those who are his, who are to be with him in life eternal. And to think about the book of life is to remember that God knows you. He writes your name in his book. That he is for you and that you will live with him. It's the book of life. This is the hope of the Christian, the faith of the Christian, the trust of the Christian. It's a bit like what Paul has said in chapter 3, verse 20. Our citizenship is in heaven. We belong there. Our names in the book of life enroll us in heaven. It's a great gift. And to remember, as a Christian, that your name is written in the book of life, that is a great source of peace. It's a source of reassurance and confidence. It's something that can call your attention beyond your current challenges and motivate you to live as one whose name is written in the book of life. Now, we don't know what was the matter between Yoadi and Syndicate, but their discord was something that they needed to address. For God's church is, as we've seen in 127, God's church is to stand firm in one spirit, striving as one for the faith of the gospel. God's church is to be, in chapter 2, like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. We don't need to agree about everything, but we should, as Paul said elsewhere in Romans 14, make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. And we should, as Paul also wrote to the Romans in chapter 15, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. This is the call of being part of God's church. And so since, Christian, your name is in the book of life, what effort do we need to make, do you need to make, to do what leads to peace and mutual edification? Is there discord that you are involved in? Do you need to make a humble, courageous, genuine approach to someone else to seek peace and harmony? There's a question for us, a way to work the peace of God into our lives and the lives of those around us, to learn to agree as we should in the Lord. There's the first encouragement, your name is written in the book of life. The second encouragement is this, the Lord is near. The next two exhortations in the passage are rounded out with this in the second half of verse 5, the Lord is near. Although he is unseen and unfelt, he is near, near to judge, to oppose the proud and the harsh and to call evil to account and to thwart it, near to save and protect, near to lift up the humble, to bless those who call upon him. Now, near is not here. There is still a need for us to live by faith and not by sight. There is still a need for us to wait patiently for the Lord to appear, to act. There's still a need to endure hardship. 
But the Lord is near. He is not far away. He is not negligent, not inattentive, not disengaged. He is near. Near to you. Near to me. And because the Lord is near, we can rejoice in him. Again, if we think about Job, Job was frustrated at God's absence. If I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. But, and to give you a spoiler for the book of Job, Job was granted an understanding that the Lord is near. Chapter 38, verse 1, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. And when Job had listened to God, Job acknowledged that he had not actually understood God's engagement and purpose, even in the wild and rending things of life which came upon him. And so Job ends up saying in Job 42, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me which I did not know. The Lord is near. The Lord has come here already. Philippians 2.7 He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And he will appear again. We eagerly await, writes Paul, a saviour from there, from heaven. Even now, he is near. And so, rejoice and, what else does verse 5 say? Let your gentleness be evident to all. How can we work God's peace into our lives and the lives around us? Let your gentleness be evident to all. The word translated gentleness there means, you know, has the sense of being gracious, being kind, being mellow, being merciful, being benevolent. And so this second way to work the peace of God into life is to let your gentleness be evident to all. Because the Lord is near, you don't need to be harsh. You don't need to be unyielding and ready to fight. You don't need to be suspicious and guarded. Find your gentleness and bring it out. Let it be evident to all. There's the second encouragement. Here's the third one. The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. In encouraging the Philippians to turn their anxiety into prayer, Paul says that in In chapter 4, verse 7, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, sometimes you might ask, does prayer do anything? Does it change anything? Well, one answer is that in our anxieties, as we discipline ourselves to formulate and present our requests to God, accompanied by reflective thanksgiving, Something changes for us. God's peace comes and stands guard over our hearts and minds. Note the meticulous way that Paul describes prayer here. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. There's something very systematic and considered and deliberate. There's something reflective and articulate about praying like that. These are the kind of prayers that you can 
you might write out on a piece of paper or in a journal after thoughtfully sifting your heart and mind before God. The kind of prayers you set aside time to pray and you might use again and polish up. Prayer is just talking to God. Just asking God for things. The Lord's Prayer is just a list of things that we ask God for. That is prayer. It can be quick and spontaneous, but it can be slow and carefully developed. It's good both ways. But through prayer, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The fourth encouragement is this. In the very last verse of our reading, the God of peace will be with you. So as Paul exhorts the Philippians to think on what is good and follow his example, he says at the end there in verse 9, the God of peace will be with you. Now what you think on colours your experience. If you fill your attention with shallow, trivial things or with mean, low things, or with dark, corrupt things, or with angry, scornful things, then the God of peace will seem far away. You'll be immersed in a world of the shallow and trivial, the mean and low, the dark, the scornful. But if you turn your attention to what is true and noble to what is holy and good, to what is right and lovely, then you'll be looking in the direction of the God of peace and you'll see that he is with you. You think about, you know, your TV diet, the books on your bedside table, your social media feed. You think about your inner self-talk or the conversations you have with others And think about where your mind turns to in all this, what it settles upon and attends to. And ask yourself, is it good? Or whose way of life are you following? Because whoever's way of life you follow colours your experience. Whose example are you following? Are you following the example of people who are pursuing the God of peace? Or are you in a crowd that's heading in some other direction? What you think on, who you follow, all this colours your experience and either blinds you or opens your eyes to the fact that the God of peace is with us. In all the jolts, in all the worries, the conflicts that we suffer, we need these encouragements Your names are written in the book of life. The Lord is near. The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds and the God of peace will be with you. Shall we pray that these encouragements do help us to know and to grow the effect of God's peace in our lives, in our church, in our community. Let's pray. Our Father, we praise you that you are the God of peace, the God of 
flourishing and wholeness, of order and harmony, of love and fellowship, of reconciliation and restoration. And we pray that we would know your peace. We would know it as we turn in prayer to lift up what is on our hearts, what troubles us and makes us anxious, and we lift it up to you, even with thanksgiving as we do so, in a deliberate way, and we know your peace. We pray that you would know that you are with us as we think about what we fill our attention with and whose example we follow. And Lord, we pray that we would know that you are near and you would assure us and encourage us and give us peace in the truth that our names are written in your book of life. We pray this in Jesus' name.